Hey, welcome back. I'm excited to share this episode with you. I actually have another one in the wings, and these next two episodes uh, couldn't be so different. Both women just bold uh, and just pushing some boundaries um, for the kingdom in very different ways. Uh, And so today you're going to hear Evangelist Melissa Wright, and uh, she has a fairly, I would say, charismatic personality as well as ministry. And then um, next week or next episode you will hear is Dr. Barbara Brown Zickmund, who was a professor and a seminary president. So very different personality styles, but both of them have incredibly unique ministries. And so I'm just excited about Melissa and this interview, it was very much impromptu. Uh, we were having our spiritual deepening week um, where we just asked people to go a little bit deeper in their faith, allow God to stretch them in ways that they haven't been stretched you know in the in the regular weekly uh, times of worship. And, and so Melissa and her husband came actually to be part of, the music, but she herself did some teaching and some impromptu preaching, and then we uh, we asked her to lead uh, a prayer, um, a time of prayer for the congregation, and it was just very powerful and anointed. And so I had an opportunity to just 20 minutes sit down with her, ask her about her call, um, how she ended up where she is at in ministry, and just how God has shaped her and grown her over the years that she's been preaching in a very specific evangelistic way. Um, anyway, she, you'll really enjoy it. She's, like I said, very charismatic and fun to listen to. Uh, so enjoy the episode. We really need to tell better stories of complaining about it, right? What if we right. just start telling the stories and, and flood the airwaves with something different? So I started this last August. It's called This Is Her Story. Mm-hmm. And women in ministry, so just helping them tell their stories mm-hmm. so that other women can hear the stories sure. and get a broader picture of how God can use us to make an impact on the kingdom. Yeah. So beyond lay ministry, mm-hmm. right? So broader, because there's so many women who think, well, you know, I'm not Beth Moore. I'm not Joyce Meyer, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you put, you put that in there and they forget that, you know, we need boots on the ground. Right. And so, so I, God just put it on my heart to start capturing as many stories as I can. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've gone after some of the people with bigger platforms, which you would, would have a larger platform than maybe some other women. Um, but I think it's important for us to tell about the, the impact that people are making, whether it's small, medium, large platform, Agreed. Kind of, so yeah. to speak. You know what I mean? Influence, yeah. your circle of influence. Yeah. Um, so that we get a better idea of how, that God is using women, mm-hmm. right? If we really believe that these are the last days Mm -hmm. and that we're in the game of our life. Right. Why do we only have half the players in the field? Right. Right. When it says in Joel that he will pour his spirit out on all 
men and women, all flesh, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Right. right. Yeah. We can't really complain about losing if we don't have all the players. In That's the right. That's right. Yeah. Agreed. I so, like that. Even though we know it's going to be a good ending. I like still. that. Well, that's right. We have the middle. <laughs> we, we get a <laughs> travail. Middle, right? We get a travail through the pressing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So just start, just tell me a little bit about your current ministry. We'll get into like how that happened and stuff, but just talk about what are you doing now? Um, we are traveling full time with Dambo High for Dambo High Ministries Association and we um, support him. We pray. We teach. We um, do healing and deliverance and a myriad of other things as as they arise, as the need arises. For, for us, we've been doing this spiritual, we're calling it Spiritual Deepening Week. Right. We call it here. We have a lot of Catholics, Lutherans, so uh-huh. revival just doesn't translate. Yeah. Spiritual deepening makes more yeah. sense. So that's how, and so you've been leading music for the last Yeah, we lead worship. We do. We lead worship as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we, meaning my husband, Terry, and I. Before we get into how you started traveling with them, let's mm-hmm. just talk about your call. How did that happen? Um, I was born into a very um, faithful family of servants who had a music ministry. And I think about the time that I was cognizant of what was going on around me, like the age of three or four, I really felt like I knew that I would always sing. I would always worship the Lord. I would always praise him with song. And that was never a question. I knew from earliest of memories that I was called into that ministry of worship. Um, but as, and, and it wasn't long after that, that I accepted Jesus as my savior. So the truth is I probably had a cognizant memory of answering a call to ministry before I even accepted him as my savior, which seems actually now that I'm speaking that out, which seems kind of, kind of cool. But so, um, very early memories of receiving Christ and really walking that out and really striving to be obedient as a fourth generation Nazarene, embracing holiness, desiring purity and righteousness and sanctification, even in the moments I didn't really know what that meant, but really working toward that. And then in my early uh, 20s, feeling a very specific call to evangelism, just a very crystal clear call in my heart to be an evangelist, which quite frankly scared me very much. Yeah. And as quickly as I embraced the call to mi- to minister in music, I avoided the call to evangelism just as vehemently because I felt like there had to be some sort of mistake in that because I was impressed with um, bad theology, old mindsets, um, tradition of, you know, it's scary to think that women should teach or preach. And so I, 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 sh- I sort of disobeyed the Lord on that call in my life. And I just sort of said, yeah, but I didn't do anything about it. And I just basically said, no, I, I may have said yes with my lips, but I said no with my actions and my heart. And I did nothing with it. I didn't, I, I did everything I could to sort of run from that thing. But, you know, as the word says so clearly that the gifts and callings of the Lord are irre- irrevocable in Romans eleven twenty nine, that sort of chased me and it was there. And when I would try to get closer and more intimate with the Lord, there was a separation between us. And I came to know that it was the disobedience of the call. And so in my mid thirties, I really began to relent 
to that call with the very specific guidance and um, impressions of my husband who just really pushed me toward that obedience. And when I wasn't listening to the Lord about it, he was faithful to speak through my husband and I listened to him. And so I answered the call to, to begin preaching and to begin sharing it with much fear with much intrepidation, with with that panic of, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but, you know, um, I'm an evangelist. And so I just answered that call to preach. You did share a little bit today at lunch. Yeah. Um, they they so, kind of had to yeah, he, he was, yeah, he was really clever. The Lord and Terry were definitely ganging up because Terry, we sent, we would sing, we would sing full concerts and, um, Terry would say, I'm going to cut a song. And I said, why would you cut a song? And he said, I truly really believe the Lord has put a message on your heart to share. And I said, don't, don't cut a song. I don't have anything I want to share. And he said, well, I'm going to cut a song. And if you don't share something, we're just going to stand there in silence. And I thought, oh, but he was right. I had a message to share. And so when he would stop, basically, then I would share a little bit and then we would continue singing. And after a few weeks of that, he said, I'm going to cut another song. And I said, why would you do that? And he said, I really feel like you have more to share. And I reluctantly shared a little bit more. And then a few weeks into that, he finally said, I really want you to share and then open the altar and have an altar call because I believe there are people that want to respond to the message that you're sharing. And I said, no way, no way, because that means I'm an evangelist because evangelists go different places and they preach and then they open the the altar and that's what an evangelist does. And here's this call I'm trying to sort of run from. And he said, well, if you don't want to, that's fine, but I'm not going to put any music in there. So basically you're going to stand there <laughs> and, um, with much again, fear, trepidation and reluctancy, I obeyed and I shared what was on my heart and the Holy Spirit was very faithful. I was fearful about what it would be like to open the altar and for no one to come. And, and I'll be honest with you in that moment in our ministry, we were in many different denominations. We were not just in one vein, not one tradition, not one denomination, but many. And there's a lot of places that um, use their altars for decoration or not at all. Some places didn't even have them. But yet I still felt this call to share the gospel and then to see if there was anyone who needed to respond. And um, there were moments when it was beautiful and there were moments when nobody came. And I really had to come to terms quickly with the fact that the Lord was calling me to obey. And then what happened after that was really between the people and him individually had nothing to do with me. And so um, since that, that time, I've embraced this call to minister and to preach. I love to share the word. I'm not fearful. I'm not I'm embarrassed. I'm bold and courageous to say I'm an evangelist, right. and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the call of my life. In those early days when you're just testing those waters, yeah. What's this? What were the themes that the Spirit was asking you to? It was share? always something that He had taught me um, in those private moments in my time in the in the Word and in prayer and those corrections that He'd given me. Bad thinking. Um, truth that he'd revealed to me. And it was something he was taking me through. And as I would learn it, he would say, now share it. Yeah. 
And so it wasn't an, um, an idea that I'd heard somebody else share about. It wasn't a message that I'd heard that really spoke to me. It was something I was walking out currently with the Lord. And then he would say, now that you've learned it, share it. And so they were really personal moments. There, the themes were uh, just a variety of themes from the gospel, but they always centered on the fact that we can't be Sunday Christians. That was just such a huge theme in my life, is that Christianity is not going to church and filling a pew on Sunday. Right. There's so much more. And all that that looked like, and all that that entailed. So very personal struggles. I would get beautiful correction from the Lord. And then immediately he would say, share it. So some of those things were pretty tender. Some of those things were really putting me in a vulnerable situation. But the reason I believe that people resonated with them was because it was real and it was transparent and they could, they could recognize that in their own lives. Yeah. It was authentic. Totally, totally genuine. What did your, what did your personal devotion times look like in those days as compared to now? Um, I would spend, um, a little time in the word, maybe reading a chapter in the new Testament. I began to read through the Bible, you know, just sort of read through it for like accomplishment sake to be able to say, I just read through the Bible in 90 days, or I just read through the Bible in 120 days or whatever that it wasn't an in-depth study. I felt like I needed to get on a journey and go somewhere, not really enjoy the journey while I was there. Um, so in those days, it was really just, I was sort of devouring the word. I was just eating it like it was a meal, like I need it inside. Now there's a tremendous slowdown. And if there's a question, if there's something I don't understand, I'll stop. I'll, I'll pray over it. I'll look it up. I'll look concordance. I'll look at um, not just the concordance, but the Greek and the Hebrew. And I'll dissect the thing down um, using every tool that I can to really understand and comprehend the word of God. Cause I don't want to miss any word of it now. Mm-hmm. Now I just want to understand and live in every part of it. And there are uh, a lot more hours I spend in the word now as well, because I'm hungry for it. I just want to spend that time with the Lord. So it's very different than when I first started. Mm-hmm. And when I first started to be completely truthful, I wasn't excited about the word. But I began to pray a prayer, Lord, make me hungry for your word. And as I prayed, he answered. The more he answered, the more I prayed. And now it's just this incredible love affair with his word that I did not have before. Yeah. You and Terry, did event, you did evangelistic, it was preaching and it was worship. Yeah, lots of music. Yeah. And your kids traveled with you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so... Did you stop doing that for a while before you joined, or did you transition? How- Some, somehow yeah. this transition came, um, and the Lord began to shift our ministry based on, I would say, the obedience of our call, but there was um, more requests for us to do revivals, which I don't even know where those came from. We never really even started telling people. What happened is, as I would just share, I think people heard that, pastors, and then all of a sudden requests would come in to do a revival. Will you come and do a revival, do the music and preach? And early on, we had to, Terry made it clear that the majority of the preaching would be done by me because he preaches a little bit, but that's not a call on his life like it is mine. And so the more revivals we did, the more requests 
for revivals we got. And so somehow a very slow shift occurred between just doing music and just doing concerts and just doing worship to doing both music and preaching. And then there were even revivals that would have us where they would provide the music with their own worship team and we would just preach. And so the shift occurred and it was a transition. It wasn't like a stopping and then a starting of a new thing. It's just the Lord began to change our hearts. And he did say specifically, especially to my husband, this far you've been a music ministry that has some preaching, but now I want you to share the word and you just happen to share music as well. So the focus very much changed. Mm -hmm. And then how did you make that transition from just, it was just the two of you, your minute, that ministry. Yeah. Independent and then joining this other. Um, so we met Dan in 2015 and he carried something that I, I, both of us immediately recognized as I'm not really sure what all of this is, but we want, we want that kind of hunger and that kind of passion and that kind of fire for the Lord. And it was literally months after meeting him that a pastor booked Dan to be a revival speaker, but didn't have music. And so he booked us at the same time to come do the worship. So we were doing the worship while Dan was bringing the word. And so we got to work with him in that capacity. And then other pastors would come to those meetings and they'd say, I really like this. Can we hire you when Dan comes in to do our revival? And so yet again, this shift now in the middle of doing these things while we're not with Dan or ministering with Dan, um, or another minister or another evangelist, um, we're still doing our own revivals and, and preaching and, you know, bringing the word and also the music. And so these things just sort of kept occurring and these events would happen. And the more they happened, the more the requests came in. And we sort of worked into having a working relationship and also just truly admiring what he shared and what he carried if he was anywhere near us, we would try to take the time to go and just be a part of what he right. was doing. And so then it was, um, um, we started doing some work for him before 2018, but officially at the end of March, April 1st of 2018, he asked us to join his team full time. And so we did that and we didn't even really know what we were saying yes to. We just sort of right. figured the Lord told us to say yes. So we did. Figure it out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been great. It's been a, I've enjoyed it, that, that new dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. We've enjoyed being with him. It's, 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 it's a true honor to sit under someone who knows the word and who is so anointed because it's, um, it's just receiving every, every day. It's like this receiving of, of the word in a new way. Um, yet at the same time, we get to turn right around and just give it out. And so it's just, it's like this flowing river that we just get to sit in and be in all the time. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And we get to see a lot of people set free. We get to see a lot of people saved. We get to see a lot of people healed and touched. And it's a, it's an amazing thing to see that there's really more in the kingdom, right? There's really more. It is an awesome opportunity and I praise the Lord daily for it. I do not overlook um, the gift that we have right now to travel in this capacity with Dan full time. It's a great season. Yeah, it really is. So I want to share something the Lord laid on my heart after um, you shared with me about this podcast, because I think it's important to talk about when we share our stories, we're giving people permission to believe for themselves. Right. And 
um, not to mention that the word of our testimony overcomes the enemy, and and that's uh, scriptural in Revelation. But last year, about a year and a half ago, we were doing a series of district-wide revivals in Kentucky. And we were in a church, and a very amazing thing happened, which was on the last night that we were there, a little girl about 13 years old testified after church to me. She wanted to speak privately with me that she really had felt like the Lord was calling her into ministry during the, the revival, during those services. And I was so moved at my very core that this young girl of 13 years old felt a call to ministry on her life and that in my obedience, no matter how reluctant it was, no matter how long in coming it was, that in the moments when I said yes, it gave this girl permission to receive her own calling that she would have never received had she not seen a woman in the pulpit sharing the word of God. And after we left that place, the pastor called us and the 13-year-old girl had a cousin of 12 in the same services who admitted that she felt the Lord calling her to be a missionary during those services. And I began to look for those moments to speak into the lives of young women, um, especially if I felt like there might be a call in their life or the Lord was sort of highlighting that. An amazing thing happened. We, the next maybe couple months we went, an older woman, older than me, felt a call on her life to preach, but she never felt permission to agree with that call. Because she didn't know, um, she hadn't seen that a woman can powerful bring the word of God with the, the Holy Spirit's anointing. So I never thought in a million years that answering that call as reluctant as I was, was about anything more than salvation. I, I really thought that that was where the extent of it was. I never realized that it would give young women and older women alike permission to answer a call on their life. There's been men that have felt called it's absolutely nothing I've done. But what it is, is when we're obedient to whatever the call is, if we're blooming where we're planted yeah. in the church, in the local church, in the local expression of, of the church, in the small groups, and we're honestly sharing in the obedience that God has called us to walk in, we really have little idea who we're impacting around us. We've are, well, we've had, I've had at least two women say that they've responded to the call since the, listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm confident somebody's going to hear your story. Yeah. And they're going to say, you know what? I've been resisting the call. Yeah. Or they're going to share it with somebody else who they know has a call in their life. And You know, even this week a woman approached me and she said that I have a call to ministry, but I don't feel called to be a pastor, to be a shepherd. And I think that we um, really have to look outside of the box. I think there's many, many ways that we can answer the call into ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not a lot of women evangelists. There's not. I don't really have a template, to be completely honest with you. There's not somebody I look to and I say I admire what they do. And I'm really patterning my life after that. I, I really walk this out daily. And I think that we have to realize that just because it's not been done before or we haven't seen it or we don't know about it doesn't mean that we're not called to it. And it doesn't look the same as the woman next to us who's answering the call to ministry in her way. It's very individual. We have to look for those creative creative venues that God's going to use us in. Yeah. Sometimes they're totally 
completely different. Some, or like you said, something we've never seen. Maybe there's someone out there doing it. We just don't know about That's it. That's right. And I know there are women evangelists everywhere, but um, in front of my face, it's not been something I've modeled myself after. Exciting to see and hear other women um, walking in their gifts. I, I think it's truly, I love living in this culture of honor where I see someone else who's gifted and anointed and they're walking in what the, the Lord's will is for their life. And it encourages me to keep walking in my in my lane of obedience. Right. So we should be cheering one another on. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we're gonna go. We're gonna go pray now. Okay. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah I think we are. Yeah.